0: What's up, fellas? Welcome to the Grown Man Podcast. I am your host, Kurt Kersey. And on today's show, we have a really special guest, uh, a guy that I have loved getting to know over the last several months. His name is Corey Carlson. Corey is an author, a speaker, an executive coach, a great sales professional, uh, a husband, a dad. Corey is kind of the epitome of the type of guy that we love to have on the show. We get into a few concepts that Corey uses in his own personal life, but also with his coaching clients around how do you craft a uh, family and personal vision for your life? What are the five capitals in your life and how do you keep those things straight? Why is it important to win at home first, which by the way, happens to be the title of Corey's awesome, awesome book, which we talk about here on the show, and also some best practices if you're a married guy to leverage in your relationship to help make sure that you keep on track with your spouse and that you're keeping good communication practices as you go through the busyness of life. If you guys like this episode, I'd love you to do a couple things first, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast and if you really really like the episode, uh, leave us a rating and review. That really helps us get this message out to as many men as possible, which is what this project is all about. And if you really love this episode, even beyond that, and you want to get together in a room full of men that are doing life together, that are committed to uh, the principles that Corey talks about on the show, Corey and I actually teamed up to create an event on December 18th in Cincinnati, Ohio, that will help you reflect on 2019 and craft a vision for 2020 and beyond. You can learn more about that at grownmanproject.com slash events. That's grownmanproject.com slash events. Let's get in the show. Hey, sir. Well, Corey, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for being here.
1: Kurt, thank you very much for inviting me. It's an honor to to be a part of this Grown Man pro- podcast, so thank you.
0: Well, brother, I have so much enjoyed uh, getting to know you over the last, I guess, really just a few months, right? I can't remember when we first connected, but it's been fun to kind of dig into to your story. I feel like we got connected in an interesting inflection point in your career. So to to kick us off here, why don't you tell us a little bit about the work that that you do? Yeah. It I basically,
1: you know, I guess in short, I come alongside business owners, business leaders and to to really help them with a the work-life balance so that they're winning both at home and at work and you know, I do it through executive coaching, do it through team development and workshops and speaking as well as writing a book. So, published my first book here this uh, summer and called "Win at home first, which is basically is kind of a culmination of a lot of these different tools that I use with clients and have used in my own life. And so that is, that is what I do today. Not at all what I thought I signed up for when I (laughs) got my civil engineering degree in college and went down a path to climb the corporate ladder. So definitely a change than I ever thought would have happened.
0: Did you say civil engineering? That's right. I didn't know that, man.
1: Yeah, civil engineer from uh University of Missouri.
0: So how do you go from civil engineer at the University of Missouri to executive coach in Cincinnati?
1: Um uh, a long journey <laughs> uh some brokenness mm. and, and and I mean just different peaks and valleys. And so basically how it went was Graduated University of Missouri, civil engineering degree, went to Kansas City. It's where I started. Um, my. I met my wife in college at Missouri, and then we went to Kansas City. Started our marriage there, started both of our careers there. I actually did civil engineering design. I designed airports and um, Air National Guard bases and stuff I can't even believe I used to do. I did that in Kansas City, but didn't necessarily love the career that I was in. The company was fantastic. I just didn't enjoy what I was doing. So got my MBA, thought about how can I take my civil engineering and get into technical sales or, or do something that was more sales related. So I joined a company uh, called Contech in Kansas City, where I was a sales guy. Did that in Kansas City, then got promoted to Denver, Colorado, where I led I don't know, probably uh, ten states and handful of people, and then got promoted and moved to Cincinnati, where we live now. And when I was in Cincinnati, I was VP of a hundred million dollar vision, and, wow. and and needed help. I I mean, I lo- I was managing people older than me. I was managing my old boss. I had leapfrogged him, and I I loved my boss that I had. But we were traveling different directions throughout the country every week. And so I just was like, Tom, you know, I love when you and I get to connect, but it's not enough. What should I do? He's like, oh, get an executive coach. And I was like, well, I didn't know it was that easy. I wish you would have told me this a little bit ago. (laughs) Uh, But I hired an executive coach. I actually was on a significant faith journey at the time. So I found an executive coach, a guy by the name of Brandon Schaefer, who um, now fast forward to now, I'm I now do a lot of work with, but, um, back then I met Brandon where he was basically taking business concepts and, you know, me, you know, marrying it with biblical principles. And I'd never seen that before. And so yeah. I was just blown away. And I was like, this is the executive coach. I want one that, you know, takes, you know, business and, and faith integrates it. So that was probably about six, seven years ago, hired him to be my executive coach. And I actually used him as my executive coach for three years, uh, an hour a week. Um, And so, but it was incredible impact. To me, I became a better husband. I became a better father. I became a better leader. I took one other corporate move during that time where I became president of sales for a national contractor. So ended up having 30 sales guys throughout the country uh, reporting to me and Actually, these were the tools I use. A lot of the executive coaching tools that I was receiving, I was turning around and, and using it on the people on the sales team. Mm. When I started to see them start to pursue their spouses more, start to be more intentional with their own kids. And our bottom line was increasing. I was like, man, this is amazing. I, I, and then God started to put on my heart probably about three and a half years ago to actually leave corporate America. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being in corporate America, but for me personally to actually, to leave my role that I had and, and actually go and coach other leaders in corporate America. So, um, I started to make that shift probably about three and a half years ago. And so now that's what I do to this day. Man, that's powerful. That, I mean, that's literally a story that only God could weave. Absolutely. From the people put in my life as mentors or coaches and then. You know, as each of us and each of the listeners, I mean, there are those people. And do we have that humility to hear and then the courage to take action on those things? And so that was a big phrase that I learned um, that I kept just trying to apply. Like, am I in a, have a, do I have a posture of humility where I'm willing to listen to my wise counsel, willing to listen to my mentors? And then am I going to do something about that? You know, will I take it to God to ask? Hmm. Where, where, what is the clear next step? Uh, or some of us, I, I know, definitely in my twenties, I went through a season of, and I still to this day, I can go through seasons of being stubborn and doing it my way. But I really started to see change and transformation when I had that posture of humility.
0: Hmm. That's powerful, brother, and you 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 beat me to the punch with that. But I, because I was going to ask you, like how it sounds like there were a few different kind of transitions that you've made in your life and in your career, right? This big jump from civil engineering and design into more of a sales or sales engineer role. And then again, you know, big jump uh, into it sounds like maybe different, different industries along the way. And then ultimately now into this world of executive coaching and, and speaking, like did you always leverage kind of that, that concept of humility to hear and courage to take action? Like in that first transition, I guess from engineering into sales, what did that look like? How did you know that was the right move for you?
1: Yeah. I think I always had, um, I I always tell my kids don't use the word always. Um, (laughs) There was a lot of time where I was, I would ask mentors, I would get a feel for what could be next. But I, It really started to take fold, um, I guess, more recently here, probably the last, you know, call it 10 years, where I was much more open to people speaking into my life, where I would say in my 20s, it was much more, I got this figured out, kind of pull up your own, you know, bootstraps. And, Mm -hmm. but going from the engineering to the sales, that was kind of a more easier transition just be with, because it just felt more natural, like, sitting in a cubicle doing engineering design did not fill my heart. Like there was no No. necessary enjoyment. I liked the people around me, but the actual work itself. And so I, the sales piece seemed, Oh man, that's going to be more up my speed. So, and I was, I I love the sales. I did that. I worked with that company for 10 years doing the sales where you actually feed on the streets then led to the management, and then led to an executive position. But all that sales I loved. Um, but then that key transformation going into the coaching became kind of defining my why, my purpose, and realizing you know, my personal vision statement is you know to connect people to greater performance and even more significant purpose. And that was mm-hmm. formed really in about the last four years when I realized, you know, it's building into others is what I really want to do. Um, and so uh, that's when I started to think, I'm going to leave corporate to go into the, the coaching piece. But I work with a lot of clients to this day where they aren't going to necessarily leave their corporate position, which, which is fantastic, right? we got to have people stay in corporate. But by having them put together their own vision statement, what is their greater purpose that can be the redeeming quality of their day. So if they're having a bad day at their corporate company, but if their why is about, hey, I pour myself out or I'm one that likes to develop others, that can be that redeeming quality, that purpose that gets them through the the low days, gets them through those rough quarters. And so we continue to work with clients and and myself. If our purpose is of something greater than that day-to-day, that will push us through and so I w- work with owners to say you've got to have your company purpose be greater than just the paycheck for these employees so, you know spe- you know you hear a lot about the Millennials where they're aren't committed or they're unloyal well what we found is we work with people that they are committed to a purpose they're committed to a paycheck because they'll, they can go elsewhere and get one of those but man if they found a purpose that actually does something for them then, then they'll stick around. Well, There's a quote I just recently heard and I've heard it before, but a guy named Frederick Buchner. So I was talking with my writing coach that I hired for my book. I had another conversation with him recently, just kind of thinking about, hey, what's the next project? And uh, the quote that he, he said that I just have loved is, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. A guy by the name of Frederick Buchner, And so... And just one of those deals where if I can get business owners, clients, leaders, even if they stay in their job, if we can get them to start thinking about, hey, what makes them come alive of their job? Um, and then really getting people to lean
0: into that more. It's powerful, brother. I I one thousand percent agree. I feel like if we can get if we can get more men, men and women, but anybody, right? But if we can get more men to really understand what is that thing that God has put inside you that just lights you up, that fires you up and lean into that thing, man, we can, we can really change some hearts and minds (laughs) throughout the world, right? Absolutely. So you talk about this concept of like a a vision for your life. And will you say your vision statement one more time?
1: To, To connect people to
0: greater performance and even more significant purpose. I just love that, man. I love I love how simple that is, but how much direction that gives for your life. And I know you talk about in the book a way for uh for for men or executives to really further understand the vision for their life. Will you talk about that process a little bit? Yeah, for sure. And
1: so we basically use this framework called the five P's. And it's this idea that if you can do a brain dump on these five Ps. And through that, see what God is speaking to you about what that vision could be. And so maybe you don't use all the different P's to construct your vision. Maybe there's one that resonates. And not that you have to do all five P's, but man, I tell you what, as I've worked through this with a lot of different people, it's interesting how a different P really moves someone's heart more than another one. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of the the beauty of using these five P's. But you know, the idea is, hey. Uh, you know, first P is, is passions. Like what are the passions in your life? What do you enjoy doing? Um, and it, it very well could be writing. It could be sales. It could be speaking. May, I mean, maybe I was actually with a guy this week. He's passionate about accounting. He just, he loves it. And and it's neat how he's been wired uh, to actually do that because I, I know I'm not. <laughs> you know, I don't enjoy that. Um, so it's just like listing down the passions, just doing a brain dump of what, get you excited? What what fires you up? Um, And and so listing those out. The next one is provision. I mean, what has God provided you that is unique to others? Maybe it's degrees. Maybe it's uh, a financial position that you have. It's different relationships. And maybe it's different tools or concepts and things that you just have been given that you have to to use with others. Uh, Another one is problems. And so these are problems that you've overcome that you really want to help others overcome. Maybe you personally overcame it. Maybe it's someone in your family you saw overcome, whether it's some addiction or whether it's uh, some form of brokenness. And that's I mean, for me, um, you know, this this one was one of the five that really just resonated with me is I want to connect. When I say connect people to greater performance, that is both at work, but it's at home. Um, and that's why I'm so passionate about it, because I mean, part of my story is um, I, I had an affair early on in my mm. marriage, did not get caught, came clean later. If you read the book, you can hear all about that, uh, all about that journey. Um, <laughs> but in that. After doing, you know, traveling with other people, uh, you know, corporate sales events or just talking to people, there's a lot of people that struggle winning at home. And so I am, you know, dead set, committed, passionate about helping people win at home so that they can win both at work. There's so many people I know that are all about uh, work and then things are falling apart at home. And so for me, the problems was helping people overcome just that. And so mm-hmm. the next one's personality. So from a, a personality standpoint, are you extrovert, introvert, whether it's Enneagram or Myers-Briggs or DISC or whatever it may be, you know, how are you wired? You know, how has God you know, uniquely and wonderfully made you? And then on potential, just different things that you see that you see a potential for something greater. You know, some of those listening to this are, are visionaries and they can just see something that can be bigger than what it is. And so using those five Ps, doing a brain dump on, on paper or whatever it may be, and just thinking through and seeing what God uh, kind of you know, pulls out of that into making a vision statement. And so whether you have a mentor or, or, or get a coach, but have them help you kind of distill out of that and,
0: and pull out the, the good out of what you put together. I love that, man. I love, I love just like the, the thought process of that. I think sometimes when you think of like a vision for your life or a vision statement, it just feels so overwhelming. And so I love just like the breakdown of those five Ps of just spending some time. And really, I, I think, you know, you, you said it there at the end, just like prayerful consideration and contemplation of like, what, what are those things in each of those categories that God has has strategically put in my life? and i think just a just a great reminder all throughout scripture mm-hmm. we see reminders like you are fearfully and wonderfully made that god made you with intention that he didn't just kind of slap you together and hope that it works out okay right he made you with intention he's crafted a story and a narrative for your life that he's calling you to step into and i think what i love so much about your work is it 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 arms us with the tools to then go through a process and structure the way that we think about and pray on those Mm -hmm. things that God is calling us to lean into and then go take action, right? And so I I so appreciate what you're doing, man. You're you're a big fan of fives (laughs) because we got the five P's and and the five capitals, right? Uh, Talk to us a little bit about the five capitals coaching and kind of how that 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 Um, coincides i I can i can
1: share other things that are threes and 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 uh five and all that but uh no (laughs) uh you know i mean it just it helps people uh you know remember i think that's the big thing and like the five capitals um coaching yeah is just providing like tools and concepts that are repeatable as well as scalable you know, getting an inspirational talk mm-hmm. is is neat, and that's great. But when you go back to your desk on Monday, and as that inspirational talk starts to fade, you're like, I I don't r- really know how to apply any of the things I learned last week at that conference, or I heard on, you know, necessarily that podcast, or or wherever it may be. And so, what has been so helpful with Five Capitals for me when I was a client. And then now for those that I work with is not only do you get the occasional inspirational talk or, you know, a few minutes of discussion, but man, you get the tools and the frameworks that actually give some handlebars to what you're learning that you can go apply it to your life. Go go apply it to the family that you lead, apply Mm -hmm. it to those that you lead at work. So the five Calves coaching, you're getting the tools, you're getting the frameworks that actually help you implement Uh, And that's actually what starts to lead to transformation. I mean, inspirational talks don't lead to transformation. It's the actual taking it, applying it on a day-to-day basis and having a mentor, having a coach that helps guide, hold, you know, hold you accountable and continue pushing you in the right direction that will actually start to lead to that transformation. Um, And so that is, that's kind of basically what Five Capitals does. And we either do it through one-on-one coaching, or we do it through group coaching, or coming and do some different workshops. But for that longevity piece, it is having a, a, re, a cadence where it's you're talking to someone, call it
0: once every two weeks, to to learn and grow. I love that, brother. I I was listening to a podcast recently, actually, with a guy named Les McEwen. I, I don't know if you're familiar with any mm-hmm. of his stuff, but he he's written a couple books on leadership and scale and I think he's in the private equity world. But uh, anyway, he, he was talking about this concept in your business that my my business partner and I, Chad and I, were, were just having a ball talking about how to implement inside of our business because it's needed. But where you have like this, this visionary and this operator that then have like this code word when the visionary gets a little too aggressive or the operator gets a little too detailed, that you can kind of call each other out without yeah. creating an awkward environment in front of the team. But you can kind of use this code word to not not have to belabor a point, but kind of say, hey, we we need to have a separate quick little chat about what's going on here. And it reminded me of something I've heard you talk about before in Mm. your marriage. You have kind of a similar concept around this idea of roommate, right? Could you share a little bit more like how how that concept affects your marriage and what that looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, like every marriage, um, you know, Holly and I
1: can have, you know, d- our different challenges. Or I have a work trip or something that takes me out of the house for a while, uh, you know, and come back, and, or kids' activities, whatever it may be, we have somewhat drifted apart, right? The, she doesn't laugh at my jokes, uh, maybe like she did, or I don't laugh at hers, or whatever. You just, there's just this tension that takes place. And so, Years ago, we decided, hey, let's just call it out what it is when the, when we feeling it and just call each other roommates. Like, hey, man, we're acting like roommates right now. Man, I tell you what, it's a safe word for us, right? So as you just kind of mentioned with you and uh, Chad and that whole discussion, that's what it is for us. If I say the word roommate, I'm not calling her a nasty name. I'm not, you know, it, it, she receives it very, very well, but yet knows what it means. Same thing for her. When she says it to me, I know she's not, you know, kind of hating on me or anything like that. It's just a word to say, hey, we have drifted. Let's stop, recalibrate and get back in in our groove. And it has worked out so well. And you know a phrase that we will use a lot in businesses or even you know we, as we talk right now is that vocabulary will create culture. So vocabulary allows you to kind of accelerate through some different things. So instead of having this big talk me and my wife of what's wrong and all this, we can shorten a lot of times by just using that word roommate. Now sometimes it may need more unpacking because of a, maybe I have been doing something wrong or I've had some selfish tendencies and we need to kind of talk about or she needs to kind of bring to light what I've been doing and and vice versa. But man Having that kind of code word at a company like you just described, but in a home, man, it's, it's,
0: it's been a very significant in our life. Hmm. I love that, brother. I love that. Well, uh, before we – I do want to talk a little bit here as we wrap up about an event that, uh, that we have coming up or we've graciously partnered with you to share some more of your expertise but before we get there, I'd love to ask you kind of kind of the million dollar question <laughs> on this podcast. And I, I think just in the context of all that you've shared of all of these tools and the importance of simplifying some of these concepts so you can wrap your arms around it. And when life gets chaotic, you know, pull these tools back up and leverage them to kind of recenter yourself and refocus. But in the context of that, I, I guess, like when you think about manhood and what it means to be a man. What do you, what what advice would you give to a young man kind of coming up that uh, is trying to figure out that that vision, that call on his life? What should he be doing? What should he be thinking about uh, to try to get a little bit more clarity about where God might be calling him and and what it looks like to step into manhood? Man, I have to boil this down just into a couple sentences. (laughs) Loaded question, man. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I would love to talk a lot more about it. Um, for sure. I, I think one thing you just mentioned, Hey, what does God have for this young man, this individual? I, I mean, I think that's the first and foremost is are people even taking their questions to God? Mm-hmm. Um, are they truly spending time in, you know, quiet time? I mean, just going to church on Sunday or just, uh, you know, that's not enough. And so there's a lot of mm-hmm. times I'll talk to someone who's like, have you prayed about it? And they'll say, Uh, no. And I, I'm guilty of it as well, where I will try to short circuit God and go to my mentors because I want the quick answer. Like, hey, you know, mentor, I'm thinking about doing one of these two things. What should I do? And then they tell me and then I go run with it. And I've never asked God about it in the process. Right. And we use this simple concept and I uh, just was using it this week with the business owner. But this idea that, you know, Jesus was so effective because he managed three different relationships. Very, very well. And, and this isn't a new concept. Some of the listeners have heard this, but it's a good reminder, and then some haven't. It's this idea of up in and out. So mm-hmm. Jesus consistently was going up to his father, like during some amazing times that were taking place, whether it was, you know, feeding the 5,000 or whether it was different casting out demons. He would then get away and go back and reconnect with his father and be affirmed of his identity of who he is, but then also get the vision set up. So like in Mark, where we see Jesus in Mark one and two, where he goes up to, and then has time with God then realizes, Hey, it's time to move on. We're going to another town. And so for us, are we going up and up? Then the other is the end where we see, you know, Jesus had his three and 12 and eventually, you know, he, he has a bigger orbit of 72 people, but where he's spending time with his Three closest friends as well as the 12 disciples. And he's got that orbit of those individuals. And so for us in our life as guys, are we doing that? So not only are we going up, but are we also spending time with close ones, whether it's our family, whether it's a close group of friends, whether it's it's a mentor, you're having people in your life that you're doing life with, not just talking sports, weather, stocks, but actually talking about the meatiness of life in this struggles we're going through and then the out is the impact that we're having into the world whether it's through work or or volunteering or whatever it may be but it's the out that we have just like jesus had the woman at the well jesus had the five thousand people so in that for someone that's listening to this is how are you in all three of those areas you're up in and out and so often all of us especially in this you know american culture all we care about the out it's, mm-hmm. I want to go do my job. I want to climb the corporate ladder. I want the title. I, I want the, you know, six figure salary. I want, I want all I care about is my impact. And if my impact's good, then I'll start to worry about the other things. But mm-hmm. my number one priority is going to be my out. It's going to be the impact that I make in this, in this world. And when, when that happens, things end up falling apart, you know, without that vision, without that up, you start to wander. And so for those that are listening that are at the earlier part of their career, that's why there's a book that's super popular called halftime where guided by name bob buford talks about the first half of your career it's all about success and then after you usually hit a midlife crisis you realize you know what there's more to life than just climb the corporate ladder so that's the back half of your life's about significance and so if you're listening you know try to pull in significance a lot sooner um instead of just the <laughs> success piece so i think that'd be and i know it went a lot long, longer than just a, a one or two sentences, but in summary, so Hey, how are you balancing the up in and out of your life? And, um,
0: I'll leave it there. No, I think that's perfect brother. I, I mean, I, you and I could talk about this all day long. <laughs> I love, I mean, I, I, but I think the the key too is not just talking about it, right. Not just understanding what up in and out means, because if you're like me, like I grew up so in the church, so around ministry, And I had a lot of concepts like this floating around in my head that are powerful. Then it's like, how do you actually take an action on that? Right. So you're talking about like that mentor setting of go to your mentor, get some advice and go do it. And if the mentor or someone like you is savvy enough, is wise enough to stop us and go, wait, before I tell you anything, have you prayed on this? Then we go take action on it. Right. But without that, oftentimes we understand these concepts, but we don't, don't implement them as consistently as maybe. Maybe we could, uh, which is what what this is all about, right? Is is those reminders of what are those systems, what are those tools, what is that scripture, what is that wisdom that we need to consistently go back to, and uh, and kind of audit audit our lives against. And and I think that's a great segue into the event we got coming up, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so December eighteenth at Fuel Collective in Cincinnati. If you have uh, enjoyed this podcast, if if you're digging some of the stuff that that Corey is sharing, which I don't know how you wouldn't. (laughs) Uh, And you want to get some intentional time to really dig into what this looks like for your own life as you reflect on 2019 and kind of cast the vision for 2020 and beyond on your life. Corey has graciously uh, partnered up with us to, to come share some of these tools. So Corey, for somebody that's maybe thinking that this would be wise for them to come hang out for a little bit, with you and, and with the rest of the crew here and, and dig into some of this content, what, what would you say to them to encourage them to, uh, to, to come join us?
1: Yeah, I think, I think well, I think if anything of this resonated with you, then obviously, uh, that, that in itself would do. But I think if, if there's any part of you, as you heard this and you're just feeling stuck, like, I, mean, I, I think I'm stuck at home. Like it's just not getting better. Um, or if you're stuck at work where it is, um, you know, am I supposed to be here? Is is this what God is calling me into? I mean, if there's any element of that in any area of your life, I'd encourage you to come, and and not only for the content and some frameworks and things that we talked about, for the but for the community, you know, there'll be a room full of business leaders that'll be there that'll be processing these same type of uh, questions and things that you are. You realize you're not alone, but then you also have some some ideas and and things to move forward so that you are no longer
0: stuck. I love that brother. Well, thank you, Corey, so much for coming on the show, for sharing some of your wisdom and, uh, and for partnering up with us for that event. If you guys want to learn more about the event, you can go to grownmanproject.com slash events, and we'll have that link uh, here in the show notes. Corey, if guys can't make it to that event or just in general, want to learn more about you and your work, where would you send them?
1: Yeah. So Five Capitals is a coaching organization that I work with. So fivecapitals.net is the website. I have my own personal website where I send out weekly blogs to, to, to my readers. And that's Corey, C-O-R-Y-M, as in Michael Carlson. So Corey M. Carlson. And obviously the book, Winning Home First. It's been fun to be a part of Winning Home First and um, just kind of the, the impact it's having on, on people. So I encourage you to get that book.
0: The book is powerful. Chad and I are, are, are going through it right now. And I, I will just as a testimony for the book, what I love so much about it is its concepts. But then as we've talked about today on the show, it's action, right? It's, it's as mm-hmm. much a workbook <laughs> as it is a, a conceptual leadership book. So well done, brother. Thank you so much for your no, friendship, you. for your mentorship, and, uh, and for being a part of uh, the community we're putting together here.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Thanks, listeners, for for hanging in there and um, just (laughs) pray that this is impactful
0: to you. Love you, brother. Talk soon. See you, man. Bye. Fellas, thanks as always for listening to the show. Look, this show is really about you guys. It's about serving you as deeply as possible, about giving you the tools, the resources, the inspiration, the motivation, the ideas, whatever we can give you to live your best life as a man, as a child of God, as a king in his kingdom. Guys, that's what we are called to. And that's what our mission is here is to resource and tool and build community around men that are leaning into biblical manhood in their faith work and their life. And so if you have some ideas around guests or content that you'd like us to cover or events, or you just want to give us some general feedback, critical or encouraging, I am up for either. (laughs) You can shoot me an email directly at Kurt, K-U-R-T at grownmanproject.com. Or you can find me on Instagram at Curtis J. Kersey. That's Curtis, K-U-R-T-I-S, J. Kersey, K-E-R-S-E-Y. And you can shoot me a DM there. I would love to connect with you guys and uh, get to know some of the folks that are listening. One of the things about podcasts is we never quite know exactly who is listening. So reach out to us, get connected. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss out on any announcements around future events or opportunities to get connected or podcasts and other resources like this, go on over to grownmanproject.com and get subscribed to the newsletter where we share uh, podcasts and event updates, but also just kind of ideas around what we're learning, what we're reading uh, and how we are growing. So thanks again for listening team and look forward to connecting with you in the future. But for now, I'll see you here next week. God, thanks for the uh, opportunity to talk with Corey. Thank you for uh, connecting he and I. Uh, I'm just so grateful for the way that uh, you weave stories of friendship better than uh, we could weave on our own. Uh, I pray that you would bless this conversation today, that you bless uh, Corey's words, that you bless my questions, that you put us in a, in a position where you can speak in us and through us uh, and impact the lives of anybody that that might listen and ultimately bring glory and attention uh, to the only one who deserves it, that is you, Lord. Pray all these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Thanks.